Oh my god. We made it. This is beautiful. Oh my god. Top of the world. Top of the world. Oh, it's worth it, isn't it? Such a good idea of yours. It's so worth it for the view. Look at that. I know, just, I've just forgotten everything that's been going on. I know. It's better, the seems, fresh air. It just feels like a million miles away, doesn't it? You can it? see for miles. Where's the car parked? What oh, direction? Hang on, pass me the binoculars. Let's see if I can find it. Um, hang on, there it is. See forever. Bloody hell. What? Oh, no. What? Oh, no, it can't be. How did he find us? No. Oh, Gary Lineker's pissing on our car. Are you sure? It's him! Of course it's him! I know that silver-tongued, smooth, jugged pundit anywhere! How has he found us? He's always one step ahead. Always, wherever we go, Lineker's... Lineker, why, Lineker, why us? Don't you leave us be, Lineker, he can't hear us. It's our, it's our car. It's our car, Lineker! And you join us here in Hamburg to see the cream of the Shouting Out the Word Ham World compete in the Shouting Out the Word Ham Championship final. It's been a long road for all of the competitors, but there can only be one winner. The game is as simple as it is well-loved. The competitor who can shout the word ham the loudest this afternoon will be taking home gold. Our first challenger is a fixture on the circuit for many years now. A very safe pair of hands and an old head of experience. It's Namibia's David Zuma. The big occasion shouldn't phase him. Got a bronze in 2003, and some say he never lived up to his early potential. But uh, you simply can't discount the big man. He's ready. It isn't loud, but it's a solid marker to start the afternoon. I don't think he'll be too disappointed with that. Next up, a young prospect from Switzerland, Karl Schwartz. The Swiss don't have a great record of producing people who can shout ham very loud, but he's impressed at under-21 level, and I've seen him in the training pens this week, and let me tell you, he trains hard. So, here he is. Very nice, crisp, short. You could see him building from the legs and it's paid off. The judges are giving him a seven. Very good. While the umpires change the nets, I've got an email here from a man called Brent Masklin. Brent says, I reckon I can shout hammers loudly or even louder than most of these guys. Well, thank you for your email, Brent. We get a lot of emails expressing a similar sentiment, but I think what people at home don't realise is how different it is under pressure. Next up, a man who I'm sure needs no introduction. World champion in 2009, 2010 and 2011. And one of the first men ever to shout ham as loud as a braying mare. It's Alan Cram. He's been in the papers here this week. A lot of people saying that he's lost his nerve and that his best is behind him. The pressure on him is immense. The question is, will he be able to control his nerves? He's standing on the plate. Oh no, goes to show it even happens to the best. He shouted out the wrong word and it's an early bath for Alan Cram. Such a shame. Bill, where have you been? I've been worried sick. Darling, I'm so sorry. What? One of our bees is missing. I don't understand. Mi missing? Yes. Darling, sit down. Did you do the check? Sit down, darling. No, don't tell me to sit down. Did you do the check? Of course I did the check. I'm a beekeeper. Really? Because you sound more like a bee loser. Don't. Which bee was it? Harold 173. Have you been out looking for him? Yes, I've been searching the fields. And you're sure you haven't seen him? I'd know that bee anywhere. How did you let this happen? Don't blame me, darling. We, we have to stay strong I now. I can't believe you let this happen. Don't let this bee tear us apart. Susan! 
Susan! Oh, Susan! Susan, please! I love that bee! I love that bee more than I love me! Sarah 173? Harold 173! Harold 173! Harold 173! Harold? Harold! Harold, is that you? Oh, oh, sorry. Sorry, Duncan. It's, um, it's Duncan 234, isn't it? Sorry, you, um, you get on back home to your family. Be safe. Uh, th that's not a pun. Just be, be, be safe. I'm not... I wouldn't make a joke at a time like this. Susan? Help! Susan! The police have just called! What is it? What is it? Tell they me. They found a severed bee's leg in the canal. Oh, God, no. Or it could be an eyelash. This is your captain speaking. For those of you concerned about flying, don't worry. Statistically, you are much more likely to be involved in a car accident than a plane crash, and that's definitely true. I mean, I've crashed my car loads of times. Dad, we're lost. What are we going to do? <laughs> Don't worry, son. It's all part of camping. We just need to make a makeshift bivouac and a trap to catch our dinner. How are we going to do that? With the Swiss Army knife I got you for your birthday. We'll be eating wild boar piglets tonight. Brilliant. It's simple. I'll use the knife to cut through some twigs, then use the file to sharpen them, the magnifying glass to start a fire, the knife for carving and the spoon for applying the applesauce. And after dinner, the toothpick. <laughs> mm. Here it is, Dad. Right. How does this thing work? What's what's this? Some sort of knife? No, that's a small brush for cleaning a petonk bowl. Oh, right. Um, what's this? That looks like a nozzle for squirting vanilla cream into a small shoe pastry bun. What about this thing? Perhaps this can cut through the pig flesh. That's a caramel ruler. What are the Swiss thinking? I don't think that is Swiss, Dad. It's a Belgian army knife. I wanted a Swiss army knife. Sure, surely there can't be that different. What's this thing you can pull out here? A mini... Those are a pair of folding pants nez spectacles for reading the small print on European legislation. Oh, God. What happens if we press that? Is that the Belgian national anthem? I don't know. It's certainly boring enough. Is there nothing useful here? Let's see. An ornate chocolate whisk. A oh. tiny map of Zeebrugge. Oh, Dad, no. I'm hungry. Oh, God. It's, it's all right. We, we can do this. We, we just need to think like the Belgian family Robinson. The Swiss family Robinson. Oh, God. Damn you, Belgium. Damn you, Dad. Belgium! Captain speaking. Anyone wondering what Rio de Janeiro is going to be like, I can assure you that it is a blast. Last week I was so drunk on the way back, I puked into my co-pilot's hat and blacked out. Hello, Pat. How are you? Hi, Seb. Oh, knackered. Really? Why? Well, you know. No? You don't work very hard? Well, it works a bit. But what? You always complain how unchallenging your job is, and you don't do many hours. Right, but you know, there's always other stuff. What stuff? Stuff. Such as? Family stuff. Not as if you've got any kids, or a wife, or frail parents. Right, but at the same time... You've been partying hard? Not especially. Out last night? Telling. Pursuing hobbies, self-improvement, building a galleon from matchsticks? No. Are you ill? No. Malnourished? No. Fifty years older than you look? No. So, Pat, how are you? I'm fine. Good for you. You're an inspiration, mate. for the damned. Just a reminder that there are building works taking place in all nine circles of hell today, so mind your backs and watch out for boiling wet paint which will take your skin off.
Come on, Tony. Aren't you ready yet? You've been in there for ages. Don't rush me. I feel stupid. Oh, yeah. Oh, Tony, you look so hot. I don't feel comfortable with this. I know it was my suggestion to get into a bit of roleplay, but... Well, I've not refused you, have I? Nigella Lawson, Rihanna, Dame Maggie Smith. I've done it all, and I asked you for just one in return. Yeah, but it's who you're asking me to dress up as. Can I just be a fireman or a lumberjack or Your something? Your dad is a handsome man, Tony. I've always told you that. And you look so sexy in those overalls. Oh, God, this is horrible. <sighs> this moustache, it's so itchy. Can I take it off? No, but you can take off the driving gloves. Just come on, try and get into roll a bit. Say something. What? <laughs> Say something uh, like your dad would. Come on, just give it a go. Uh, Oh, does that shelf look straight to you? No, in his voice. Oh, does that shelf look straight to you? Where's my spirit level? Oh, yeah, that is so hot. Come on, keep going. Mm. Um, you can't watch the end of this film. There's some spanner sets on Price Drop I want to check out in a minute. Oh, yeah, I'll get under the covers, Tony's dad. Don't call me that. Don't break roll. Keep talking, come on. Oh, this really isn't working. Hang on. Put this cuckoo on. I was going to give it to your mum for her birthday. There was a sale on at Black's. Okay. Say something. Like your mum. Oh, I do like that Claire Balding. Oh, that's bloody good, actually. Oh, how much did you pay to have them gutters cleared? They've done a shoddy job. Oh, Tony's dad. Oh, Alison's mum. Oh, yeah, more, more. Oh, this oh. afternoon's cheese and onion pasty isn't quite sitting right. Oh, my knee. Oh, oh, sorry, love, I might have to sit this one out. Oh, it's okay, love. Did you get the washing out of the tumbler? I'll do it later. You go and do that now and I'll get a brew on. And then we'll watch Countdown. Welcome, boys and girls, to the St Bartholomew School Prize Day. The first prize for the pupil with the most satisfying surname to shout when annoyed goes to... Lewis Cranton. Cranton, if you could come and collect a trophy. Hurry up, Cranton. Cranton! Cranton, don't, don't put it on your head. Cranton! Darling, do you want a ginger nut? It's the ginger nut addicted love of your life calling. No, thank you. Well, you've been warned. Once I open a packet, there's no stopping me. I can't be held accountable if there's none left in four seconds flat. Us ginger nut addicts have only got to see a glimpse of a ginger nut. And... No! All right, keep your hair on. I'll get it. Hello, Uncle Jim. Dad? Don't get up, son. What are you all doing here? We need to talk to you. Oh, sounds serious. Just let me get some ginger nuts and we can get comfortable. We don't need ginger nuts, love. You might not, but I do. I'm addicted to the things. No, son. They should put me in ginger nut rehab, I tell you. Good luck leaving me with a packet of them if you want one for yourself. It's about the ginger nuts. That's why we're here. Because I'm a ginger nut addict? Is this an intervention? There's no such thing as ginger nut addiction. What? We've looked it up, and it wasn't there. Try telling that to the man at Londis. He takes one look at me coming through the door, he says, Ginger nuts? And we crack up. It's our little joke, but it's black humour, because I'm addicted. I've spoken to a GP, and it's just direct. McVitie's, it's not a condition. It's who I am. It's what you eat frequently, that's all. You are what you eat, I've got a problem. You don't have a problem. In fact, that is the problem. But I'm thinking about ginger nuts right now. That's because we're talking about ginger nuts, son. All the experts agree there's only one course of action. You want me to stop eating? them. You want me to go cold nut? No, love. You can eat as many as you like. Just stop going on about it. You're driving us up the wall. It's so irritating. I hate you. Your colleagues hate you. Your mother hates you. That's why she isn't here. Someone loves me, though. 
Or should I say some biscuit? Please, love. You don't understand. You might have three ginger nuts to have a good time, but I need three ginger nuts just to feel normal. It's all in your head, son. Oh, is that right, Will? I'll show you. I'm off to get out of my head on ginger nuts. That's right. I'm going on a ginger nut bender. And we'll see if you think it's real or not when you find my crumb-covered corpse under a bridge somewhere after I've shared a bad biscuit with a hobo. You can't die of ginger nuts. You callous bastard. It's a gateway biscuit. I'll be eating chocolate Leibniz on a yacht with a fat celebrity before you know it. Your delivery of potato fondants, which aren't quite cooked all the way through, has just arrived on level two. Mummy? Daddy? Yeah? Will Father Christmas really come tonight? Yeah, of course it's going to come. It's Christmas Eve. And he'll bring me presents? Yes, he will, my love, because you wrote him that lovely, lovely letter. He wouldn't miss out a good little girl like you. How will he get here? He has a magic sledge pulled by nine magic reindeer. How will he find our house? Well, he knows where all of the good boys and good little girls live, darling. <laughs> Don't worry, sweetie. He won't miss you out. And he'll really come. <laughs> yes, but not if you're awake. Come on, I'll just sleep you go. Night-night. Okay, night. Sleep now, OK? No till morning. Well, let's hope to God he does come this year. It's been six years now, Paul. He can't let her down again, surely. <laughs> Who knows with that fat sod? She just seems totally unreliable. Well, all we can do is hope. She does so want that bicycle. Yes. In fact, we should probably be turning in ourselves. Father Christmas doesn't come until everyone's asleep, you know. You're right. I'd just like to return this polo neck, please. Sure. Do you have the receipt? Do I? Do I indeed? Before we come to such trifles, we must first understand that at the tender age of eight, I was press-ganged into the Merchant Navy. I'm not sure what this has to do with Context. The ship's name was Madame Beef. She creaked like my whore mother's bed by day, and at night wailed like the wolf I'd been partially brought up by. Months at a time I spent locked in the ship's galley, with only the ship's monkey Hugh for company. Over time I gained his trust, and most of his money in a poker game that he didn't understand. And using my booty, I bargained for my freedom and was set loose on Boxing Day Island. Which is next to Christmas Island, but a bit less stressful. Sir, I simply need to know if you got the receipt. I'm coming to that. It was on the island that I met Justine. Ah, Justine. Justine, 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 Justine. Justine. I impressed her by being able to tell whether or not she liked butter without the use of a buttercup. Her face was covered in it. We fell in love. But one night, as we gazed out over the bay, she was swept into the sea by a giant wave, her butter-covered skirt providing no friction against the slick, wet planks of the jetty. I'll never forget, I shouted, Justine! Justine! Because that was her name. Sir, please. I never saw her again. Until last week, when news reached me that Justine was alive and living in Collier's Wood. And so, I came to purchase a polo neck and took it straight home to put on. Little did I know that Justine had also heard news of my whereabouts and arrived at my flat, knocking frantically at the window. And when I turned my head, the collar of the polo neck seemed a bit tight and rubbed a bit, so I brought it back. Right. And have you got the receipt? Now that is a story. Have you heard of the k people of the Upper Indus? Literally one goose in the turbine and... 
this whole thing is going down. Sobering thought, isn't it? The young bee is still missing. Operation Honeycomb is now in its third week. We thought we'd made a breakthrough last night when we found a bee's arm in a bin, but later ascertained it was in fact a bee's leg, and later still forensically ascertained it was a nasal hair which we've traced to a local cello teacher. She has been cleared of any involvement. The nasal hair has been misplaced. The message that we want to send out is just, we want him back. Just come on! How's the Queen taking it? She's not said anything. And what do you say to the rumours on Twitter that you actually sat on the bee and have made up this story to cover it up? I've said this before and I'll say it again. I've never sat on a bee! But if you did hypothetically sit on a bee, it wouldn't do much for your reputation as a beekeeper. Look, we just want him back! And if someone out there has taken him, or got him under a jar... Is it true you've lost bees in the past? No one's perfect! Yeah? Are you saying you've never lost a pen? No more questions. Pens don't even fly! Okay, come on, everyone. There's only bees, they all want to say it. Clear the room. There's buzzing, 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 there's so many of them. Hell, that pizza and the award for most bullied child goes for the fourth year running to Ronald Titshaft. Congratulations, Ronald. Or as many of you know him, smelly, smelly, titty, shit face. Well done. Cranton, don't wedgie him now. Not, in, not on school prize day. Cranton! So here it is. The final shout of the championship. Joey Sandino, the American, comfortably in the lead going into this last shout of the word ham, with the Portuguese veteran Pepe Salazar seven points adrift having completed all his shouts of the word ham. The Portuguese will be praying for a foul of some sort, maybe a foot foul, but uh, it's hard to imagine that happening. Sandino hasn't put a foot wrong all day. He's going for a 3.5 shout of the word ham from the back plate and has opted to shout away from the nets. There's a slight headwind, won't phase him. The Cincinnati pocket rocket knows that he is seconds away from tasting glory. He's approaching the plate. He looks ready. Hey! Looks flawless from here. It's not loud, but it doesn't need to be. We just wait for the green light from the umpire, Gerhard Schlink. And it looks as if the Portuguese team are challenging that last shout. Yes, they've raised their red flag and are talking to the match officials. It seems they're trying to pick up the American on a pronunciation foul. It's hard to know here whether they actually think he fouled or whether it's just a rather cynical attempt to get a penalty, but all I can say is that it sounded like ham to me. The umpire is signalling at the match officials in the technology box, so it looks like it's going to go to Hawk here. I've just been told that the Portuguese are claiming that Sandino actually said Han and not Ham. Let's see what uh, Hawk here says. That's unmistakably a Ham. The crowd here know it, and... The umpires know it too. They'll be shouting ham from the rooftops in Cincinnati tonight. He's done what his father never managed to do in a sport traditionally dominated by Europeans. The American, Sandino, takes gold. And that's a lovely thing to see. Sandino's daughter is running across the pitch towards her father. 
One of the spectators has given her a little breaded honey roast ham to wave. This, uh, this it really is a lovely, lovely thing to see. It's a great day. Now, I'd like to make a special mention for Philip Trench, whose balls dropped on March the 3rd, making his the first of the year. Your prize, Philip, is a guide to the pubs of Britain and 200 cigarettes of your choice. Down in the time it takes a quark to travel one nanotrillionth of a light year, Mum. We don't get that. Hello. Who are you? I'm you from the future. Oh my God, do I invent a time machine? Yes, look, I've come back in time because there's something you need to know. Listen carefully, I haven't got long. What? Sally Vickers invited you to a party tonight and you didn't go. Now, I'm 90% sure she fancies the pants off you. It might not seem like a big deal now, but this tortures you when you're in your 50s. Who cares about Sally Vickers? What's it like in the future? Tell me. It's awful. A dystopia? In a way, you're bald as a coot and as fat as a man who's eaten ten coots. When you get to my age, all you've got is memories. And the only memories you gave me is of staying holed up in this room, studying astrophysics like a total fnerble. Fnerble? It's future for useless dick. Look, if I've learned one thing in all my years, it's that the entire combined achievements of all science is meaningless compared to the touch of a woman's hand on your arm. Okay, so what if I go out and start meeting girls? Then I'll neglect my astrophysics, I won't invent a time machine, and then you won't be able to come back in time to tell me to go out and meet girls in the first place, creating a logical vortex. A what? I can't believe I grew up to be this thick, and a pervert. <sighs> All right, if you must know, I'm not you in the future, I'm your dad. Dad? Is that you under all that space foil? It's kitchen foil, son. And I walked up the time machine as a last gasp effort to get you to pull Sally Vickers. So I don't invent a time machine? Of course not. I just simulated it using the dry ice and disco lights that I gave you for Christmas last year. And that you never use because you're such a useless dick. Are you calling me a fnerble? There's no such thing as a fnerble. Look, son, when I look at you, I see a young me. And I, I don't want you to waste your youth like I did. Okay, Dad. I'll go to Sally Vickers' party. Brilliant. Enjoy it, son. You're only young once. Ha! What a fnerble. I can't believe the young me bought that I was his dad. Time machine? Set coordinates to the year 2053. I've got a date with my sofa and memories of Sally Vickers. Time machine? Set coordinates for... Time machine? Time machine? What? What the... It's just disco lights and a, a dry ice machine. Oh. Oh, no. After pulling Sally Vickers tonight, I must turn into such a ladies' man that I neglect my astrophysics and then don't invent a time machine. Meaning I'm trapped in my own past! No! Who's the Fnarble now? I'm the king of the Fnarbles! Welcome to hell. This is a staff announcement. Can we have more hot coals to James May's ear funnel, please? Alan Robertson. Yes? Of 85 The Laurels, Ipswich. Yes. And this is your man? World's best dad? Yes, my son gave me that for Christmas. What the hell are you doing? We're revoking your world's best dad status. Effective immediately. Should you be reinstated, we'll glue the shards back together, so don't throw them away. Who's we exactly? All you need to know is these mugs don't get dished out willy-nilly. But what have I done? I'm a good dad. Sure you are. But there's a guy in Belo Horizonte who makes all of his son's toys by hand. Out of recycled wood. Can't compete with that. I'm going home right now to take him on a nature trail. That's the spirit. We'll be watching. Got a rush. We're repossessing a princess on board car sticker from a little girl in Harwich at five. Turns out she's not royal at all.
So, you're carrying a great deal of guilt. Um, why do you think that is? I think it's the murders. Mm. Yeah, it's uh, definitely the murders. The 27 murders? The 27 murders, yeah. Mm. Yeah. I mean, normally I'd say there's no reason for you to carry round all this guilt, but... All the murders? Yes. This year's prize for pupil most likely to grow up to be a bellend goes to Gareth O'Neill. I and the other teachers feel passionately that Gareth will mature into an insufferable knob. Gareth, your prize is a Homer Simpson tie, which you will one day think is hilarious. Susan, so good to see you. And I finally get to meet Rupert. That's right. Rupert, Ian, Ian, Rupert. Come in. Uh, hope my sister's keeping you on your toes. Yeah. Great to meet you Shut at last. Up. Yeah, yeah. Um, Look, we've got a shoes-off policy here, so if you wouldn't mind popping your shoes off. Oh, God. Okay, Rupert. It's not. Okay. Um, would it be okay if Rupert kept his shoes on? I'll take mine off, of course. <laughs> no, sorry. Only both of you take them off, please. Yeah, I understand. It's just... I can't tie my shoelaces, all right, Ian? Look at these hands. Look at them. Useless flaps of flesh. So undextrous. Undextrous sausage fingers flapping about. Flap, flap, flap. I could untie your laces no, for you. No, can't. You've got to learn <laughs> sometimes. Slip them off then. I do that sometimes when I'm feeling late. They're brogues, Ian. And no, I can't just slip them off because they're too tight because Susan tied them too tight six weeks ago. Which I wouldn't have had to do if you could do it yourself. I'm uh, really sorry about that. Okay, okay. I'd love to ask you in, but, you know, these are... Axments to carpets no, of course, and a, yeah. you know, no, policies you don't have to explain policy, to me. Yeah, exactly. so I can see the yeah, lovely I say, Look, he's got to learn sometime. Uh, I think Rupert, we should go. Yeah. We'll be back in the car. And yeah. Ian, don't bother shaking his hand. It's like shaking a massive cold ham. A big cold ham. It's horrible. Well, um, I'll give Mum your best. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> 100 years old. I never thought mm. I should make it. Oh, well, never mind. Come on, Rupert. Bye. that sharks are attracted to the electronic signals given off by plane crashes. We're all going to die! <laughs> Just a little joke there. Okay. You can take off your blindfold okay, now. <gasps> oh my god! Bienvenue à la Tour de Fel! Oh, it's beautiful! Oh, not as beautiful as you, darling. Happy anniversary. Oh, happy anniversary! <laughs> Isn't it incredible? Look, look down. Look at the tiny little people down walking no, around on the. I've always wanted to come. Oh my god, I don't believe it. What? Down there at the bottom of the tower, the bare-faced cheek. What is it, darling? He's down there, Gary Lineker. He's pissing on the Eiffel Tower, proud as punch. It can't be. I'd recognise that smarmy grin and constant jet of hot piss anywhere, even from 300 metres up. Is there anything he won't defile? Is there anywhere he won't find us? Lineker! Damn you, Lineker! He can't hear us, and even if he could, he wouldn't care. Small Scene starred Mike Wozniak, Kenya Packer, Daniel Rigby, Sarah Pascoe and Inez Dunn. It was written by the cast and Ben Partridge with additional material from Chris Allen and Mark Jones. The producer was Simon Mayhew Archer. When the body was finally found, forensic examinations we gather have revealed serious crushing injuries leading to death. Detectives have arrested Robert Bygraves, a neighbour of the beekeeper, when they found a rolled up newspaper in his basement. Bygraves, 42, is believed to have been expelled from the Beekeepers Academy in 1992.